0: Mai te kopai ki te urupa, tātou a ko ai, tātou From the cradle
1: to the grave, we are always
0: learning. Tēnā tātou katoa, nau mai anō ki te hōtaka nei a te ahi kā mō tēnei wiki. Ko Maraia Raka Raku ahau. Ko Justin Maria Ho. you're with Te Ahika on Radio New Zealand National, our weekly show which looks at ngā kaupapa Māori, Māori stories. What does Waitangi Day mean to you? A public holiday, time to reflect on your position within our nation or focus on the divisions between us? We asked a few people.
2: Uh, well a multitude of things um, but I think for me it's a time that I hope all of us in Aotearoa will be able to commemorate eventually with pride because it'll be a day that I think is where we recognise Tetriti as our document, our founding document.
1: Farno and the world have been keeping an eye out on the website Waka Tapu, which tracks the journey of the two traditional waka, Nahiraka Maitafiti and Te Aurere, who embarked on their journey to Rapanui on August 18
0: last year. Jake Thatcher took some time out last week and spoke to Justine from Moria about their trip and the overwhelming hospitality they've received so far.
3: On all of our islands that we stopped at have been just so great. Uh, the Manaki Tonga at Atiuuai uh, at was the most extreme Manaki you can ever come to, to the, to the point where they were they were competing with each other uh, in providing um, you know food and uh, and shelter and support. And uh, Manga River was almost exactly the same. You know we had. Um, Beautiful, beautiful people looking after us.
2: <laughs> te Aika,
0: Radio New Zealand National. Te Every year the Papatongarua hosts annual debates where issues around Waitangi Day are raised and discussed. If you head to the main Radio New Zealand website, radionz.co.nz, tap in Waitangi Debates in the search bar and you can listen to archived recordings. This year, Moana Jackson and
1: Matthew Palmer kicked off the first round discussions with the place the Treaty of Waitangi holds in current constitutional arrangements, which was co-chaired by Claudia Orange and
0: our next guest, Cowan Jones. What does Waitangi Day mean to you?
4: Well, Waitangi Day for me is uh, a time to sort of be reminded of the the relationship that, that our tipuna, both our, our Māori tipuna and our Pākehā ancestors uh, entered into and, and envisaged for us, and to think about the health of that relationship and think about what's been happening over the last 12 months in the political sphere and the legal sphere. Uh, and really check in to see if we're we're moving towards the kind of relationship that was envisaged in eighteen forty.
0: Now, Cohen Jones, it's always portrayed as a day of conflict, mm. and often you see that generated days before the actual mm. event. What do you think that is?
4: Well, I mean, I think there are still lots of. Issues that need to be worked through in this relationship, and 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 that's what relationships are like, actually. Is that they are constantly about um, working. Uh, they're a constant negotiation, if you like, of um, how we interact, and that's the same for constitutional relationships, like like the Treaty of Waitangi establishes. And and I think you know that's it's quite healthy that that we have an opportunity to focus our minds as a nation on on that relationship. Um, and you know, sure, sometimes the the discussion might tend to be characterised particularly in, in some parts of the media as, as negative or divisive. But I think it's actually a sign of a reasonably self aware um, a reasonably self aware nation that, that we don't aren't just kind of mindlessly out waving our flags, but we're actually thinking about the issues that are involved in our nationhood.
0: But the mindlessly waving the flags, I mean that can be an action that's that's born out of frustration
4: well it it, it can be um yeah and and you know I certainly wouldn't want to um dismiss the very symbolic and importance uh, importance of of flags and symbols um in in that conversation so yeah i, I mean I don't mean to dismiss that, but uh, it's important too that that's built around that is our, some discussion and some political discourse.
0: So if we still have the relationship that's you know reasonably fractured between Māori mm. and Pākehā I mean should we really be heading down the track of New Zealand becoming a republic, of the constitutional talk that you've been hearing over the last 12 months?
4: Well I th- think the constitutional discussion is really important and working out some of these issues and, uh, and it's really important partly because it can give us a sense of the kind of values and principles that we want to guide the way we resolve these disputes that come up from time to time the way we resolve um, you know difficulties that we come along in the road uh, because we need to do that not in a in a kind of knee-jerk uh, way um, that's the kind of thing that we saw around the Foreshore and seabed and that was incredibly divisive and it showed just how fragile uh, Māori rights are actually in our, in our legal and constitutional system. So it's really important therefore that, that, that we come to some consensus about the kind of values that we think ought to underpin our government and our legal and political system and the kind of principles that ought to guide our decision making through those processes.
0: Aren't Māori going through a similar situation at the moment in terms of water
4: well exactly yeah so so i mean it would be really useful actually if we had a much clearer understanding right now of exactly uh, what maori rights to water were um, and how they can be recognized and ought to be recognized uh, within our legal system and if they had some clear constitutional protection i mean that that would be a a much more useful situation to be in now than trying to manage this process through litigation um, over what is what is a slightly uncertain issue.
0: And if you add into that the kōrero that the Waitangi Tribunal is potentially under threat and that's the only real redress that iwi Māori have in terms of Treaty of Waitangi Claims, mm. I mean, doesn't that add yet another layer of injustice that's felt by Maori?
4: Yes. Well, certainly, if if Maori don't have anywhere to to go with their concerns, to any um, anywhere to go with claims based on the Treaty of Waitangi, anywhere to go to rec- have their rights recognised under the Treaty, uh, then that. That is, that creates a very unstable kind of situation. And you know, lots of people have talked about the importance of the Waitangi Tribunal in providing a kind of constitutional avenue for Maori to bring their concerns and those kind of issues. The difficulty with with the Waitangi Tribunal, and if we're thinking in terms of the constitutional setup, is that it, by and large, doesn't make binding recommendations. So we're still left with a little bit of uncertainty as to how those principles which are elaborated and discussed by the tribunal, how they actually find their way into our law and policy.
0: But the thing about the tribunal, Carwin, is what you've been talking about earlier, is that it actually starts a dialogue, and what we're having are recorded histories Mm. of what's occurred Mm. that's then archived for whomever to look at.
4: Yeah, I mean, the Waitangi Tribunal has... Has built up quite an amazing resource, really, and you know one of the the things um, that Matthew Palmer actually talked about at the uh, treaty debates was the the way in which we actually have quite a good understanding of what principles of the treaty mean, and that's because the Waitangi Tribunal has been. Um, analysing what treaty principles mean and how they ought to apply in particular circumstances for a number of years. So not only do we have the the kind of um, important uh, historical stories being told, but we have this legal analysis too of of what the treaty means and how it ought to apply.
0: Now, in the all that uh, you facilitated between Juana Jackson and Matthew Palmer, Wana Jackson spoke about a ropu that he was part of, where there was Māori discussion of these issues.
4: Yeah, so that that ropu is is called uh, Aotearoa Mātika Mai, or or the independent constitutional independent working group on constitutional transformation. I think oh. is is the other <laughs> the other title, uh, and I, I'm also been involved with that ropu and uh, It it came out of a a, um, a national hui at Hopu in late 2010 uh, and has since uh, built up a membership of uh, people who are representatives, some from iwi organisations, some from uh, urban Maori organisations, some who are academics, some who... who Work in iwi, runanga offices, all kinds of people from different parts of Māori community. And the idea is that this ropu, um, which is, is sort of chaired by Moana and uh, Margaret Mutu, uh, will seek feedback from Māori from all across the country uh, on constitutional issues and what Māori would like uh, to see in terms of constitutional transformation.
0: What is a constitution?
4: So a constitution, uh, just very simply, is is the basic values and the rules that people, uh, society chooses, by which they govern themselves.
0: But, I mean, don't we have that already, Garland, Because we governed and yeah. In so so, so for works. example,
4: our our current constitution sets up the institutions of parliament, uh, prime minister, uh, our, our cabinet, our our um, queen a, at the apex. Uh, and also all the different mechanisms of the independent courts uh, has basic principles and values built into it, like uh, the rule of law, uh, representative democracy, and those kinds of things. So, so that that's uh, the kind of constitution which is based on the kind of Westminster parliamentary system, um, and and is almost almost in, in New Zealand's case almost exclusively uh, transported from. The, the British monarchy and that system and transplanted, uh, here. transplanted here, right. so one of the things that that uh, Martika Mai is talking to Maori about is if we look at our own tikanga, if we look at our own uh, society and our own communities, what are the kinds of values that we would like to underpin our lawmaking? Our dispute resolution, uh, the processes by which we govern ourselves, and so you know, some of the key principles in there might be, uh, if we're thinking about leadership and the accountability of leaders, then then the concept of mana I think is a really important one that that we should think about. How do we give expression to to those kind of concepts and values in in the the practice of governing ourselves.
0: Now, from what you're saying, it seems like Māori are a bit more along the track in terms of the conversation about the constitution than, say, maybe non-Māori, if I was to look at the crowd that were at the Te Papa Waitangi debates?
4: Yes, well, I mean, I I I think that's almost certainly true, um, and uh, I have heard Andrew Geddes, uh, the uh, professor at, at uh, Otago uh, University, mention the same thing, is that these are the kinds of discussions that actually Maori have been talking about for a long time, not just as part of this uh, Ropu um, Aotearoa Mātike Mai and their conversations, but, and I've been to some of the hui that uh, Moana has facilitated, and it, but it's really clear that these are not things that people who come along to those who are just thinking about for the first time. These are things that uh, people have been talking about and discussing either in the context of the Treaty of Waitangi or simply in the context of the frustration of being shut out of decision-making processes or not seeing our values reflected in our system of law and government.
0: Cohen, is this a way of expressing a treaty relationship?
4: Well, I think, I think certainly the the treaty relationship is a constitutional one. It is one which is about the exercise of public power and about how public power ought to be shared or decision-making in the operation of those institutions of law and government ought to be shared uh, between... But
0: realistically, we know that actually isn't the case.
4: Well, at the moment, we, well, what we see at the moment is... Yeah, we, we, we don't see a, a kind of uh, full realisation of, I think, what the treaty set out, what, what the treaty talks about, is we don't see, and this is one of the things that, that um, comes out quite clearly in, say, the Waitangi Tribunal's report on
0: Y262. Uh, it's a uh, floral...
4: Yeah, indigenous <coughs> law and fauna, but also intellectual property and traditional knowledge issues. It, it really covered a whole range of law and policy. And one of the things that comes out quite clearly is that we, our, our institutions of law and government, are almost exclusively, um, Pākehā, and that you know they are they are monolingual and monocultural in that in that sense. And if we are going to really take the the partnership idea contained within the treaty seriously, then there needs to be some quite fundamental um, cultural shifts in government as well as uh, legal and constitutional shifts.
0: Is there evidence of this in other countries, of this operating in other countries?
4: Well, there are all kinds of um, different forms of, of constitutions which take different account of indigenous peoples. Uh, for example, the Canadian constitution has has a constitutional protection for uh, Aboriginal rights, um, including their treaty rights. Uh, so there, there's that kind of option. Um, there are also constitutions which have it. At their heart, a kind of different set of values, and you know, a lot of people talk about uh, the Bolivian Constitution, which has, which gives fundamental protections and fundamental rights actually to, uh, to their version of papa really really, um, and so that that has constitutional protection in the Bolivian Constitution. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's. I, I think it's really important that that we don't. Get stuck in, in thinking within the framework of our current constitutional arrangements because there are some really exciting uh, options and, and ways of, uh, creative and imaginative ways of structuring our law and government. And uh, I participated in a workshop, some of the young people that are going to be talking at the treaty debate this evening well, they've all actually participated in a constitutional workshop, uh, which I was one of the facilitators of, um, held in August of last year. And one of the things that was really striking to me was that when we talked about constitutional values, or the values that ought to underpin our constitution, one thing that came through really strongly from, from all of the participants there was a sense that there should be some kind of... Environmental ethic underpinning our constitution, and in fact, the the group of I think it was 50 young people, um, not not only Maori, there were Maori there, but it wasn't it wasn't a Maori workshop. Um, but that that group of 50, they chose to use the, the concept of kaitiakitanga to best express what they thought that value ought to look like in our constitution.
0: And so was that overruling?
4: around the treaty so so what uh, what we were talking about there was the ideas of you know so if we think about our current constitution it has some some basic values that are in it, like representative democracy you might say is part of it uh, like a respect for uh, human rights and the dignity of the individual and so at this workshop we talked about what kind of values should underpin a constitution so not particular mechanisms but just the values that that we thought were important to protect and reflect in the way we govern ourselves
0: So that's what a discussion would look like you'd talk about the the principles and then the mechanisms of achieving those
4: Yeah, I think that's really important to talk about the values that, un- that you want to underpin your constitution first uh, because and, and a lot of people – well, not a lot of people – some people would say that, well, a constitution's not about values. It's about these mechanisms and these institutions. Um, but I think that ignores the fact that, if, you know, if we look at our current constitutional arrangements, the mechanisms and the institutions that we have already reflect uh, a set of values and assumptions. Um, the institution of Parliament and the way it's constructed uh, under our, our Westminster system is quite culturally loaded. Uh, and so I think it's important. By
0: culturally loaded, you mean towards the English system?
4: Yeah, well, because it's, it's, it is based, I mean, it, it virtually is identical to the English system, um, and which developed out of the particular social and historical circumstances um, to meet the needs uh, of, of that society. Now, th- there might well be a whole lot of good things about that institution that we want to keep hold of and I think we do want to keep hold of representative democracy for instance um, we do want to keep hold of um, you know, respect for the rights of every human being and the dignity of the human person but again if, if I think about the way those values were talked about at this workshop with, with um, these 50 uh, rangatahi uh, was that they chose to talk about for example, the kind of idea of human rights, they felt that actually the term mana reflected the values that underpin human rights, and so that if 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 we have a respect for each other's mana, then that is, that is the kind of key part of what human rights are about. And then we can think about, OK, how do we give practical effect to that? How do we make sure that people's rights are protected, that we do respect each other's mana?
0: So it seems like there are already practices within teo Maori wordings tikana mm. that is already used that could be easily transferred over into a constitution more reflective of this country.
4: Mm. Well I think that's right. And and you know the thing about constitutional arrangements and the rules and values by which people govern themselves is that every society develops those to meet their own particular needs. So we, we know as, as Māori, we we do have uh, particular ways of conducting ourselves, particular tikanga that we follow, the kawa of particular marae even, which uh, you might say are uh, the rules and practices that that could form part of, of a constitution.
0: But it's forever evolving too.
4: Yes, and, and that, that, that's a really important point that, that we... Um, when we talk about our tikanga, it's, it's not fixed and fossilised somewhere in the past. It is constantly responding to uh, the, the social and environmental circumstances and the challenges that we as Māori face. Uh, so so it, it's not to say that uh, a constitution that was based on tikanga Māori would look like Māori society... Um, you know, pre the arrival of of Pākehā, um, there've been lots and lots of changes uh, since then, and tikanga Māori has adapted to meet those different changes. Ko a tika te iwi, ko ngai te Apatu, te hapu, uh, ko uh, taki te marae, uh, ko Jones, ingoa.
0: Kia ora, Karl and Jones, nor Ngāti Kahununu. Head to our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash for links to the debates that included a roundtable discussion with youth. <laughs> Te Ahi Ka, Radio New Zealand National Te Rā is the name of the annual celebration hosted by Te Ati Awake Wellington-based Te Which
1: is taken from the Raukura, the white feather worn by Taranaki Whanui that symbolises peace. While all the focus tends to be on what's touted as the biggest part in Wellington, the sevens,
0: Te arao Te is more a low key, whānau
1: oriented affair. And this year the lineup was solid as with Shea the Laughing Samoans,
0: local arts and crafts. Well, you get the picture. And just a few days out from Waitangi Day, Justin did the rounds of punters about what it means to them.
2: Kia ora, uh, hui e Johnson, e no uh, ahau, how engari mahiana how came pōneke, kei, kei, hey, kei. rōpū Wahine Māori toko i te ora. From te Ikaroa, that's your branch. i ai, ai. ai, ko Ikaroa te, uh, te ingoa o ta mātou rōpū. Yes. Uh, uh, Nō no ka timata ke Ahuriri. Okay, uh, Nelson. Ke, oh, no, okay, uh, Napier. Ai, ai. ai. Uh, and you moved down to Wellington? Yeah, that's When our did you region. move down? Oh, 2008. Oh, yes, so oh. E 2004. 2004,
1: Aaroha-mai. so Iwatiko, nine years ago. Ah. So,
2: Huiya, Waitangi Day, what does it mean to you? Uh, well, a multitude of things. Yes. Um, but I think for me, it's a time that I hope all of us in Aotearoa we'll be able to commemorate eventually with pride because it'll be a day that I think is where we recognise Te Triti as our document, our founding document um, and it will also be the day when all of uh, all of us from this country recognise it as a day where we celebrate um, all the grievances have been laid to rest with uh, our iwi. Iwi yeah. katoa. Kia ora. Kia ora, thank you, nice. you. Thank you so much for that. you <laughs> natural, you're natural. <you're> <laughs> okay.
5: Kia ora. Kia ora, Tēnā kue.
1: Tēnā kue. I'll just get you to introduce, ko kue, no
5: oh, Ko Mere Box ahau, um, ki te tao a mama he Ngāpuhi no uh, Te Hokianga Whakapau Karakia. Te tao a tōku papa no ōtaki ahau uh, me te ate aua me Ngāti Toa um, Rangatira hoki.
1: Kia ora, kia ora. Anu te pātou, Waitangi Day? What, the, what does it mean to you?
5: oh au um Ko ia, ia rā o Waitangi. Um, I whakakaha ana ia mātou i te maumaharo i totato tātou nei tūpuna. um tō rātou whakaro i haino te rātou te teriti. Um, te whakaro me te nui to Ai, mama My name's Raymond, Raymond Pieti. Um, and of course, I'm from Wanganui. <laughs> all, the, all the way here in, um, in, the, in the lower heart.
3: <laughs>
5: and of course, I'm Ngā Pae Rangi.
1: Ka um, So, Raymond, Waitangi Day, what does it mean to you?
5: Waitangi Day, um... Um, besides the fact being reflective of um, of a declaration that happened, um, now for me, in these particular days, Waitangi is about um, um, the, the reaffirmation of um, that treatment of that that particular um, treaty between um, two iwi, of course, the Crown and Māori, um, and it's. Um, developed into something even more, I, I believe. Um, we we have a diverse community now, and it's about getting together, sharing our our um, bicultural differences, and sharing that with at a multi-level, a multicultural um, kind of. Like, feel it, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Mm. So, so is there a particular way that, that you commemorate it, that you celebrate it? Is it just a day
5: off? Oh no, I think it's more than it, just <laughs> a day off. I think it's a day where people get tend to reflect and, and, and again, they probably pose post that same question to themselves. What does Waitangi mean to them? Yet some will say it's a day where, yeah, oh, wow, I get a day off, but um, for those who, um, of course, are born to this particular country, It's a lot more. It's about um, seeing a gap um, closing within our communities and within our multicultural communities as well. Um, Quite different for those who live on the marae, born, raised up in there. And, of course, you've got, um, um, of course, rural Māori, that that is. And then you've got all the urbanites that grew up in big towns and um, in the concrete jungle. So it means... It means different things to different people,
1: yeah Now Raymond, you have a huge TWOR on your t-shirt Yeah um, so I'm uh, assuming it's Te Wānanga o Raukawa
5: Yes what, what, what do you do there? Um, I'm a part of the real department there I help develop the real programs I also teach um, the real as well
1: What does Waitangi Day mean to you?
6: Oh, no, yes, great. Waitangi's great. It's great to see it and that. I actually, I come up here, I've been coming here for 13, 14 years now, I think it is, and I've always done the Mariah in Upper hut, which is a uh, Orongomai. Uh,
2: yeah, Orongomai, or Yeah. Yep.
6: Yeah, I do that Mariah every Waitangi weekend. I, ca- I can't do another marae because I committed myself to them. Yeah, I can't even do my own people back in the South Island. Yes. yes. You mean
1: in the sense that you go to Orongomaya and provide ponamu? Yes, or some
6: marais I do up north here, different marais, I supply them with ponamu. What's
1: the biggest slab of ponamu that you've ever found?
6: Well, my biggest piece probably I've ever found, and that might have been about three or four tonne. and that, But I have seen a mountain of ponamu, a bigger hill. Full move then that I cannot release to let anybody know. Of course. <laughs> because uh, we just hope it still stays here. <laughs>
1: Forever. Ken Tainui, thank you. Thank you dear. Waitangi Day, what does it mean to you?
6: It means the sharing of, of us all coming together and actually I, I get mixed feelings because I see what's going on up at Waitangi and, and it always saddens me that it's been used as a political football, as the who's escorting who's on or something like that, and it never puts Ngāpūi in a a nice light. But a lot of people go up there and take the opportunity to use it as a protest stand or something like that because they know the dignitaries are going to be there. But every year we get involved down here in Pōniki, and um, this year we've got our kapa haka again doing sausage sizzles and hangi and performances and what have you and that. So, yeah, we just love it, and it's a good chance for everyone to share in our national day.
0: Kia ora Justine, at Te Rau Te raukura, with a few of the peeps gathered at Te Whitsi Park last Sunday. This is Te ahika on Radio New Zealand National. To get in touch, there's Facebook, or you can email us at teahika at radionz.co.nz. To listen to today's show or
1: previous shows, you can find the podcast at radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. I'm Justine Murray. And I'm Maria Rakuraku.
2: What are you seeing off? I'm like, seeing my sorry, sister off. off.
1: How
0: <laughs> are <Feeling like laughs> you <laughs> feeling? Feeling like <laughs> you're I'm feeling a bit pody at <laughs> the moment. <laughs> so she's on Nahiraka ne. Aye. So is it crewed by all <laughs> Wahine? No, um, no, I think there's three yeah, um, I um, um, it, um, Wahine on that one guy. Tough, I reckon. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I tried, but I didn't.
1: That was Mariah with the whānau standing at Auckland's viaduct last year on August 18 when the crew boarded Nahiraka Mai Tawiti and Tiaurere and departed for Rapanui. Ida,
0: it was pretty emotional and this is how amazing technology is. Since that departure from Auckland, Farno and anyone else actually, has been able to track the waka throughout the various legs of the voyage. And as can be expected
1: with such an epic journey, there are ups, and downs. Where are you at right now?
3: Well, right now um, our two workers, uh, and Nahidoka are sitting in in uh, Cooks Bay, I think it is, on in Paopao, Pao, is the name of uh, of the bay on Moria in the Society Islands. Uh, we arrived in uh, in Tahiti yesterday and uh, sailed to Moria this morning uh, for our official welcome society, we were welcomed by uh, the Tonga Fenua of Moria and uh, we were accompanied by the Tahitian waka Fafai from Tahiti to Moria and
4: uh,
3: <coughs> and it was a lovely um, arrival. And uh, we were greeted by the children uh, of the uh, of the school and um, in, uh, in the. And Pau Pau. so uh, yeah, we had a really lovely time uh, this morning uh, being greeted by uh, the farmers
1: Now Jack, on December the, the 6th I think our time you arrived in Nui, a 10,000 nautical mile journey tell us about that experience if you can
3: Okay uh, well uh, the, um, we're only about just under 8,000 miles in our Voyage we've still got another 3,000 to go right, yes. it's going to be slightly over, over 10,000 uh well, to be absolutely honest the um our first leg from Aotearoa to Tuai wasn't that much fun
1: <laughs> really
3: uh, but it was it was um very difficult yes. um, extreme conditions uh but we 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 got to twogua after forty three days uh at sea and uh, the great thing about it though was that it gelled our crew into a uh, very efficient uh, bunch of um, mariners so yeah. Uh, on the one hand, it might have been hard work, uh, but it created a, a tight bunch of people that were able to work together uh, to complete, I suppose, the Waka Tapu side of the voyage uh, by arriving in uh, uh, in Rapanui uh, early in December. Now, the uh, the next the the two legs, the one from Tuhuai, uh to river and the one from Manga River to Rapanui, were easy in comparison to our voyage from Aotearoa. Uh, but you would um, expect that. Uh, the Southern Ocean um, doesn't hold any prisoners, So, uh, but the tropics can be a lovely place to be sailing in. And, um, and we just happened to pick the right time and, I suppose, pick the right corridors of weather uh, to arrive at our destinations um, reasonably quickly. Not as quickly as we wanted. The weather that we got was very light, uh, so it was slow going, but all in all, um, you know, a, a very... Uh, a happier, I suppose, uh, trip compared to um, to the forty-three days from Aotearoa to Tugboat.
1: Can you describe any of those um, those real hard, hard times, Jack?
3: When, when we were sailing, we we um, we didn't let everybody know about some of the hardships that we were going through. We didn't want people worrying too much. Hmm.
2: Uh,
3: <clears throat> the first thing that happened was we um, we uh, one of our waka broke its steering blade, uh, and then they broke their spear and they just happened to be carrying our spear from uh from uh Ngahidaka. and um and that one was broken as well so three pedals were broken uh, in a short period of time the guys uh on there uh, that had to do the um I suppose the the mending of those pedals did a brilliant brilliant job of um of utilizing the 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 little resource they ha- they had in terms of timber to Uh, to create paddles that would hold together long enough for us to arrive in two boys. So you can imagine uh, within the first week breaking the first paddle and in the second week two more paddles being broken out of a six-week voyage, a a seven-week voyage, actually. So five weeks of that was um, sailing slowly Mm. uh, because of that. But I think, you know, the the seamanship shown by those guys was outstanding, Uh, being able to, to... basically sailed for five weeks in some extreme conditions, keeping yes. a uh, put-together pedal uh, and keeping it safe, and keeping the waka safe. Uh, they did a brilliant, brilliant job. And uh, Stanley Conrad, he was a skipper, and Ki Nuku, who was his uh, 2IC, uh, they led uh, their waka um, extremely well. So, you know, um, that was that was one thing.
1: So, Jack, on December 6th, when you finally, finally reached Rapanui, obviously there was a lot of, um, you know, joy, really, with the whānau back here in Aotearoa. Uh, what were the people like in Rapanui?
3: Oh, the people in, well, the people on all of our islands that we stopped at have been just so great. Uh, the manakitanga tanga at, at, uh, at Tubuai was the most extreme manakitanga tongue you can ever come to, to the, to the point where they they were competing with each other uh in providing um, you know food and uh, and shelter and support. And uh, manga River was almost exactly the same. you know we had um, beautiful beautiful people there looking after us. and uh, can say that most of the crew came away with um, with some a lot of friendships and and uh, quite a number of black pearls uh, mm-hmm. that so, yeah, so it was pretty nice. And then um, to arrive in Rapa Nui, to such an awesome uh, pōhiri at, uh, at a place called Hangarau uh, Hangapiko, uh, Hangapiko um, Anakena and, uh, and seeing um, the joy that the people had in being able to show us uh, I suppose their greatest honour which was by putting eyes in the um, in the mōwai at, um, at Anakena something yes. that, uh that is is not normally done. And they did that for us and, uh, and I can say we were truly humbled by, by that. And uh those those people from there they their manaakitanga, again was just uh it was just great. And they yes. took us into their homes, gave us everything we wanted, they and uh yeah it was just um I'm just speechless really, you know, in terms of uh, of how to explain just how wonderful mm-hmm. those people are. And, uh, and of course, the ones that were looking after us, some of them arrived in uh, Tahiti to greet us uh, when we came here. So on each of the islands that we stopped off, there were representatives from each of those islands, including the governor of the Oslo Islands, um, uh, Ingrid. Uh, um, She came and uh, uh, and saw us in yesterday and uh, into Tahiti. And, uh, and of course, we met um, the premier yesterday uh, as well and had uh, dinner with him. So yes, it's just been uh, an amazing time. And um and of course we've just finished a, a huge lunch. Yes. A huge umu uh, after our four so uh <laughs> it's just uh you know, it's hard to describe just how how uh how much our people because they are our people too, uh, appreciate I suppose, you know, um their knowing on the witness. Hm.
1: Now Jack, um, social media and the ability to access it for Fano back here has been great. Um, I want to alert you to one particular Facebook status update. This is um, it says, Kia ora whānau. We've been making pretty good progress this week. We are hoping to get to Moria by Friday. Um, I'm sure oh, those plans have slightly changed due to Cyclone Gary which is currently heading towards Tahiti. I'm sure many of you have been watching the development of Gary but there's no need to worry. We're going to hang north of the Tuamotus, well out of its way until it passes our Easterly. Other than that, the crew are in good spirits. Over and out, Jacko. How how great has it been to constantly update Farno, Jack?
3: Uh, well, it's it's um, it, it hasn't been easy, but uh, you know we we've, we've been keeping in constant uh, contact with our land crew, uh, and um, and we we send those updates um, not all the time, but uh, but when we can get uh, I suppose good communications. We have a sat phone on board, so. Um, uh, so it is uh easy enough to to ring through, but sometimes the sad phones can be a pain because they're cut out at the wrong time
1: okay yeah uh, i bet uh
3: the updates uh, we try and we try and and keep those going to um so that the farno aren't too worried about us yeah and uh, we were we weren't in any danger uh with the strategy that we had of going north of the tur uh we knew the we knew the flight plan of the of her, of cyclone gary so uh uh, it didn't take much uh, for us to decide to, to head a little bit more north, uh, up towards uh, the Marquesas our sail plan was to sail um, just south of, um, of uh, an island called Fatuhiba and then go across and then, and then come through the Tuamotu Islands at a, uh, between uh, these two um, they, atolls uh, Rangirua mm-hmm. and uh, Arutua and uh, we did that in the end but not before um, thinking that we could make a little diversion <laughs> down, and then uh, my uh, my trainer and teacher in Hawaii suggested that, uh, or you probably uh, will need to stay north of the Tuamotus just another day or two uh, before heading in. So I had to turn around and head a bit more north.
1: Hey Jake, just remind us how many people on each Uh
3: There were ten on each waka and um, we had. Uh, Rabunui uh Tanadaswa on Boatswaka. Uh a young man called Yokango uh with um and we had a young woman, Serafina, um, oh sorry, I forget her last name, um, and she sailed uh, um, with us and both of them uh, uh, were great.
1: So when you're out in the wide open ocean, um, obviously that's probably like, you know, the best scene ever, but you know, has has things been hard like um privacy Food, all that sort of thing. Coping on board the Tuwaka.
3: Well, privacy is an issue. I suppose <laughs> but, uh, you, don't, you, you don't tend to uh, um, to worry too much about it. Uh, if people are getting changed, you know, you just you don't go staring at them or anything like that. Um, and we do have we do have curtains around our toilets and shower areas. So uh, so um, you know, there's uh, it's um, yeah. Yeah, you, you just don't think about it I
2: yeah, yeah. And at all. Yeah.
3: What's the
1: physical yeah. transformation been like Jack for you and, and your crew?
3: Brown, well, Pango. I just got accused. I I uh <laughs> blooded in two new skippers. Yes. Uh Ki Harua Nuku and Mahara uh, Nicholas, both of those two uh, did uh, the jobs on on uh, skippering both Waka to Tahiti from Rapanui. And uh, I sailed with uh, Mahara on Ngahiraka and um, demoted myself down to chef. <laughs> <laughs> and I got accused of uh, of feeding them too much because uh, everyone was saying they look a little bit tubbier than when we left Dapunui. Uh, <laughs> I can't figure that part out because we got fed so well on Dapunui, I don't believe it. It was fun. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the privacy issues aside, um, I think we all had pretty much a lot of fun uh, on this last week.
1: Yeah, what a once-in-a-lifetime Opportunity, man. Um, in a few days, Jack, back home, obviously, it's Waitangi Day. How will the crew be spending it?
3: Well, um, we've uh, had some um, good news about one of our crew members, uh, Johnson Tumai Toto-rewa. Uh He's been nominated as, um, for the TV New Zealand Awards uh, as um, Rangitai oh. of the Year. So he's oh. nominated, so, uh, and those awards are on um, Waitangi Day. So... We want to get him back for that, and if I can get back in time, I might see if I can get a ticket to go along, and it's a water mistake. Yeah.
1: Cheer. And um, I suppose you're missing the whanau, eh, Jack? What's the, what's the things that you're missing? <laughs>
3: well, I'm not missing my wife. She's standing right here next to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Kia ora, I afina. My daughters. I am missing my daughters. I miss my daughters a lot.
1: What, 3,000 miles to go, eh, Jack?
3: Uh, yeah, about about that uh, in the directions that we're travelling to. We, we've we've um, we've got a few islands left to visit. Yes. Um, we're, uh, when we leave uh, Moria, we sail back to uh, to Tahiti, and uh, our official Pulu uh, Puluaki from uh, Tahiti is going to be at a place called Tautira. Um and uh, that has history for both uh, Teodere and uh, Hawaiian whanau. Um, they always go to Tokerau to leave. From there, we had a friend of ours, uh, Poneho, he's, um He was a waka builder from there. Uh, he passed away just before our voyage in 1995. So uh, we tend to like to go there to pay our respects to him and his family uh, before um, leaving. And then when we leave from Tokerau, we go to Huahime, spend the night there, um, and preparing to go to uh, Raiatea, where we'll um, be welcomed on to uh, Tepuataia. Uh, and then from Taputapuatai we go to an island called Taha, uh, which is in the same lagoon. Um, and then from Taha we go to Mopiti, and Mopiti we got invited to Mopiti by uh, uh, by uh, the ariki that uh, of that island. And um, so uh, we told them if we could get the chance to do it that we would stop there. So we'll be we'll be stopping um, on our way to Rarotonga.
0: So
3: to be the last stop before Rarotunga and uh, we're hoping to be in Rarotunga by uh, the first week in April. Nice, uh, because we, we want to be sailing down to Aotearoa uh, after the cyclone season. So the cyclone season ends at the end of March.
0: Kia ora, Jack Thatcher recorded on January the thirty-first from Mordia. So just think, the crew are now back in Aotearoa. They are. So over the past
1: week or so, the crew have flown back home for some well-deserved rest and relaxation as it's cyclone season in Te Moana Nui Akiwa. Uh, Jack Thatcher heads home tomorrow, Monday, and then in March they'll fly back to Moria Tahiti to sail
0: back to Aotearoa. And on that return journey, they'll sail to Huehine, Raiatea, gee, I've never heard of these places, Taha Sorry about the pronunciation, Bora Bora Mupiti then to Rarotonga and home during April. Ka mau kia Aira he mihi
1: nui tenei, kia rātouma. A neira, uh, Raymond Pietzi with this week's Whakatauki.
5: He Whakatauki tenei nō te kainga, nō Wanganui. Um... Uh, Mai te te ako ai, tātou ako ai. Which simply means from the cradle to the green, um, there's a lot of learning that occurs.
0: Māori-designed clothes and shoes are popping up everywhere, but the question is, what is Māori-designed clothing? Something with a kōru on it or something designed by Māori? That discussion's next week. Also, the most tapu of subjects, mm. the vagina. Wahine Māori are taking on Eve Ensler's Vagina Monologues. And I check out Skin Choir, an indigenous group of
1: artists who base themselves in Melbourne, Australia. Ko taiki te kapina o te wahanga nei. He mihi ki ngā kaira wiki wiki mihini. Atui tēra ki ngā kaira wiki wiki. Ngā mihi. Hoki mai hei tēra rā tapu, mai te whanua te ahi kā. Kia katoa, mauri ora!